0: Hello and thank you for joining the New Life Baptist Church podcast. It is such a privilege to be able to share God's Word with you through this platform. And it's our desire that you would have an open heart to receive what the Lord has for you through this message. If you'd like to contact us, please visit our website at newlifecasagrande.com. There you'll find contact information to reach us directly, or if you're local to the Casa Grande area, you'll find information to plan your first visit. If you benefit from this sermon, please share it with a friend or feel free to leave a review. Now, let's get ready to hear what God has for us today.
1: I've got in the back some cameras, and uh, we use these cameras every single week to do our our recording, and I was so bummed out. We wanted to do this uh, like poolside baptismal recording, right? And like, like do do a big baptism like poolside, and uh, we wanted to get some underwater shots. And I thought that would be like really cool to get some underwater shots. So I went and looked at the owner's manual for those two cameras that we have back there and would you believe that the person who designed that particular camera told me in the owner's manual that I couldn't submerge it? I thought how ridiculous, who does this guy think he is to tell me what I can and cannot do with that video camera? Like, I, I'm thinking, wouldn't it seriously be cool? I mean, can you imagine your baptism being recorded? And as you go down, the camera go down, goes down with you underwater and gets that underwater view of your baptism. I mean, that would have been really cool for the Kennedys. They got baptized in the Salt River. That, that would have been awesome to see the fishies swimming around. But, but, but believe it or not, the owner of that video camera Who designed it and created it told me that I could not submerge it if I want to continue to use it. And if I did submerge it, my warranty would be void. Who has the audacity to tell us what we can and cannot do with the video camera? And my answer is, in all that ridiculousness, the owner. See, that's what it is to call him Lord. Lord. Who has the audacity to tell you and I how to live but our Lord? Who has the nerve to tell us what we should and should not do but our designer? Who has the right to um, sometimes withhold what I think I want to be or sometimes let that be unleashed than the creator of the ends of the earth? Jesus Christ is Lord, we're going to briefly look at two passages this morning that I hope will be a blessing to you. Would you open your Bible first to Luke chapter two and then John chapter one, and we're going to be looking at Luke chapter two first this morning, Luke chapter number two in God's wonderful word. This is that Christmas story, and I want us to make a connection today because this is really important. I want us to make a connection that um, Jesus Christ was not just a man, but Jesus Christ was God. Jesus Christ, therefore, is Lord. Uh, To be honest with you, if we take the word of God for what it says, then it has to create a division. It it has to. There's no way around it. Either Jesus is and was who he says he is and says he was, or I say this respectfully, as the Jews did, he was a lunatic. There cannot be any middle ground. I don't care if you're a child here this morning or you're an adult, you have to recognize Jesus Christ said, I am God. Me and my father are one, I am the Lord, the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father except by me, okay? All right, either he is what he says he is, or we must stand on this side and say, that man's crazy. And if that is so, which is hard for me to even to to, to share in an illustrative fact, um, if that is so, then nothing he says is right and nothing that he said is perfect. But you and I both know that this book we hold in our lap is the word of God. The Bible says in Luke chapter number two, this is that wonderful story of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ being born. We're going to make our way down to verse number 8. And there in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And watch this miraculous moment. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. So this is not just any birth. This is truly a miraculous birth. This is a birth that sets all other births apart. Not only for the fact that he was uh, conceived of God, the Holy Spirit himself, never having been born of the seed of man. but, But his entry was pretty miraculous. Here are angels in the sky speaking to shepherds nearby. The Bible says in verse number 10, and the angel said unto them, fear not. It's a good thing that he said that right? I'd be trembling in my boots as well. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And you still may think that an angelic Um, introduction uh, may have been earth-shattering and strange, but to the Jewish man who was taught and trained that there was a Messiah coming, there is a Savior who would take them away from the oppression of all those that had um, oppressed them. Uh, This now probably is clicking even in the mind of a shepherd. The Bible says here in verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. They would have, uh, Something would have clicked, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. So at this moment, the proclamation of what has, is coming has shifted to a moment of powerful, angelic praise. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We don't necessarily have um, an account from a specific shepherd of what happened then. Uh, We don't know if they were fallen on their faces in reverence before God or if they began to carry on conversations about what had just happened. But we do know this, they did go and see where the young child was. And the Bible says that this, again, through testimony, it's not just some simple birth. And you and I as believers recognize that. But there's something significant that I want you to see in this passage, a connection to who Jesus is. Go to John chapter 1. And again, this is a familiar passage of Scripture for most of us. John chapter 1 and verse number 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Would you say this next phrase with me? Ready? And the Word was God. Which means simply this. This child who came to be born was not merely a man, a prophet, a priest, a great leader, a teacher, but he is Lord. And that is significant. By matter of fact, can I make a connection for us today to them then, that, that frustrating thing that the Jewish people could not swallow, it's the same frustrating thing that we can't swallow today is that Jesus Christ is in control, he's in charge, he's boss, he's head honcho, he's, he's Lord. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he in charge of everything? Or if he, is he just a part of something? And that is the question I believe every child of God should continue to ask. Is he something we reference, or is he the one in charge? As a parent, when the kids were little, it was important that we taught them authority. That was, that, that, was, that was really important. There's a yes and a no, and you need to follow the yes or follow the no. Can you imagine? Now your kids are 16. Can you imagine this? that they walk into your room and now they don't see you as authority, they see you as a part of the opinion. Can you imagine that ever happening? They don't walk into your bedroom and say, hey mom, hey I was curious what you thought about and then they, they give you a thought. How many of you think at that moment at the age of 16 they're really at that moment in 17 asking your opinion or are they asking your authority for something or are they just wanting your opinion? You see the difference? Well, the truth be known, and this is, not a, this is not a message on parenting, this is to help us think, the truth be known, until the Bible says they become an adult and exit our home as their own authority, every time they come before mom and dad, they should still recognize them as authority. That's what the Bible teaches us, and there comes a time when that doesn't happen. The the truth be known is the same thing is true for the child of God. Jesus didn't come just to be a part of civilization. He didn't come just to be a cool story. He came to be Lord. He's in charge of our lives. Here's what the Bible says in John chapter number one. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, meaning he's the creator, he's the designer, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So he came, he was the life, he was the light, he shined. People just didn't recognize it. Some did. Everybody didn't. The Bible says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And he was not that light, referring to John, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Again, John, the witness, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. And he came into his own, and his own received him not. It's important that we pause just for a minute here to recognize that the Lord of the universe, the creator of the ends of the earth, there is potential, is there not, for him to come as king and Lord, and yet people not recognize him. As King and Lord. Is, is that fair enough? You and I, all we have today is the actual words of God. As the program mentioned, they actually had the presence of God and did not recognize Him as God, did not follow Him as Lord. The Bible says he came into his own and his own. Those who should have known received him not. But I love the next phrase. The Bible says, but as many as received him to them, why? Because of his authority, because he's Lord, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, Jesus, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If Jesus was who he claimed to be, then that in itself creates division or sides. Is Jesus God, church, yes or no? Yes, he is God. Is Jesus Creator God? Yes. Is Jesus the Sovereign God? Yes. Then is Jesus Lord? Yes, we know that. But sometimes within our Christianity, we're like a 16 year old teenager, right? Aren't we? And, and, and sometimes we kind of bounce in the room and we're just looking for God's opinion, never intending on letting him be the authority. And the truth be known, if we're going to be a child of the king and actually call him Lord, then we must bring ourselves underneath the leadership of the Lord. And I want to highlight a couple things briefly. Number one, the Bible says in the passage, he is life. Why do I call him Lord? Because he is life. The Bible says in him was life. He gives life. He came to give his life so that we might live. And that is the beauty of what we celebrate. He didn't come necessarily to conquer. He came to die and through his death would come conquering would come overcoming. He willingly gave his life for you and for me, and rightfully, it it would behoove us to put ourselves under the submission of this great God. Romans 10, 9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, ready? And shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I would love for everybody this morning, I as your pastor Never want to take for granted that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Meaning this, I as a pastor um, want to be sure personally, and I can't know this because I'm not God, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Some of us have come from different backgrounds. There have been people that I've spoken to about their salvation who believe they're saved because they did a good deed. If I were to ask you this morning, how do you know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die? If your answer is, well, I'm a good person, then you're on your way to hell. If your answer is, I was raised in a religious home, then you're, you're on your way to hell. If your answer is, I do uh, good deeds, I, I, I've labored and served in the church, then the answer is you're on your way to hell. What was the point of a baby? What's the point of the gift? What's the point of death? What's the point of the resurrection if you could have gotten there on your own anyway? Our our life is because we made Jesus Lord. This is what the text says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, who? The Lord Jesus. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be Saved. So it's a confession as him is, is the right one, the one in charge, the one that is Lord, the one that is correct. And it's a, it, it's a submission to believe on him, my mouth and my heart, bringing me to confession of salvation. And I hope that you recognize today and that you know confidently today that you were saved. The Bible says, many will call upon him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name? And he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Why? Because dependence was upon self instead of the Savior. He is the Savior of the world. He loves you. And he recognizes when you're Lord of your life, you're going to mess it all up. He is the Lord of your life. Let him have charge over you. Number two, he says that he was the light. The Bible says in him was life. I love this phrase. And this life was the light of men. He is the only one that can dispel darkness. He is the only one that can reveal our darkness. He is the only one that can let us know where we stand. He is the light of of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. He has given us that light in us to show a world that we need him. He is light. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness have shined into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. How do I know whether I am saved or not? How do I know? Was there a time in your life where the light revealed something that needed to change? Was there a time in your life where the light revealed? The light of God's word, the light of the work of Christ revealing that you were a sinner and that your sin was going to send you to a place called hell. And beside Christ, you were absolutely nothing and broken, but he was perfect and righteous and holy, and his life and work revealed to you. I, I believe this you cannot be saved unless the Holy Spirit, through Christ and the power of his word, has revealed something in your life. You don't walk into the church and shelf shop and just look around, I'll take that, and I'll take that about Jesus, and I'll take that, but I'm not taking that. It it doesn't work that way. He reveals to you something. He reveals to us that we're broken, that we need him. That is why he came. He is the light of the world. He is life. Secondly, he is light. Thirdly, therefore, he is Lord. And the word Was God. He is the one with all authority. He's the ruler. He's the maker. He's in charge of all things. Hey, church, we can trust the one. Listen quickly. We can trust the one that has given life. He's given life through his darling son, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not about the church. It's not about works. It's not about individuals. It's not about prophets. It's not about priests. It's not about good deeds. It's all about Jesus Christ and the difference he makes when he gives life and then reveals by his light who he is and what needs to be accomplished and what needs to be done. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6, but, but to watch there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. I want to read that verse one more time, and I want you to listen intently. But to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, The Bible goes on to say, by whom are all things, and we by him, our Lord, who sits upon the throne, his name is Jesus. And he has come, the Bible says, to be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He is in charge of your life. By his will, the Bible says, all things are, and we by him. Church today, personally, I'm glad that there's a manual for those cameras back there. I just got to be honest, I'm glad. Because Ray McCormick would have done some stupid things if he made his own choices. Agreed? I really wasn't planning on doing an underwater baptism, just for the record. That's not in the, I mean, technology's crazy these days. And I guess I could get an underwater GoPro camera and we could make that happen if you really want it to be. But aren't you glad? You know what? There is such peace. I'm I'm, going to be honest with you. There is such peace knowing that there are manuals back there for that camera that tells me what I can do with it, what I can't do with it, how it works. I never have to worry if I'm going to break it, misuse it, hurt it, If I follow the manual. Does that make sense? If I listen to the one in charge, theoretically, it's going to work correctly all the time. I don't have to shake and wonder, is it going to turn on on Sunday morning? If I follow the manual. Isn't it amazing what happens when I go outside the manual? All of a sudden, the nervousness begins. And if you'll let me use this as an illustration, I don't know if you're like me, but but if you are, my my heart just races when I'm not following the rules. I call it the rabbit life. Uh, Rabbits crack me up, man. They're furry, they're cute, they're all that, but they're always terrified. It's the creature that lives terrified 24-7. He's always like... You know, and anybody moves, it just jumps and runs and hides, and it's always living scared because it's always putting itself right. And I know this is the nature of creation, animals. I mean, rabbits were meant to be eaten by bigger, more vicious animals, okay? I, I get all that. It's in their DNA, right? But, but while they're living out from underneath the protection They're always living in fear, and and child of the king, listen to this. We have a Lord that did not create a life of fear, but of hope and peace and joy, and that hope and peace and joy is found within his lordship. When, When we let him be in charge, we don't have to live in fear. But as soon as we step out of his care, we live rabbit lives wondering, oh, am I sick now because I sinned? Is my financial difficulty that I'm going through right now because I disobeyed God in a way? And we're always wondering... But God never intended for us to live that way within his lordship. Why? Because he was life and in him is life and he gives light so that he can reveal and we can see and put our faith and trust in him and let him be the Lord of our life. Philippians chapter two, verse 11 says, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. May we, as God's people, bring praise and honor to God. Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16 say this, powerful. And I saw the heaven opened up, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. In righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Who is this church? Who's clothed in a vesture of blood? Who is named the Word of God? Jesus. Notice what the Bible says. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with the rod of iron. <clears throat> and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture, vesture, and on his thigh a name written, "King of kings and Lord of Lords." This is our Jesus. And watch, someday whether we want him to rule right now or not, he is going to rule. And he is going to rule rightly and correctly and perfectly and beautifully and righteously. He is, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he deserves to be because he's God and because he's the savior of the world. And so why not? Why not? We celebrate the birth of this baby. But none of us ever look at a baby as being the one in charge, do we? None of us. And they actually are. Aren't they? Rylan and Emily and all those with brand new babies in the room, right? When they cry, we jump. When they're hungry, we feed. When they're dirty, we clean. They're actually telling us what to do and we don't even know it. But the truth be known, none of us view the baby as being in charge. But as soon as this God of the universe was born in a manger, he was Lord. To rule and to reign, to give us life and light and direction. And there's nothing better than we can do during this Christmas season than to say, okay, God, number one, since you're Lord, I'm going to seek you. Since you're Lord, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to seek out who you are to understand you, to know you to listen to you. I'm going to seek you. Seek ye the Lord while ye may be found, he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Lord, what do you want in your kingdom? What do you want according to your plan? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Added unto you. Seek him first, You are Lord, you are in charge, I'm seeking you. When we first decided to plant this church, that was one of the first things that I did. I got online and found out what the tax laws were for churches. You say, I thought churches are exempt. Yeah, but there's some things you got to do to get there. I wanted to find out what the state laws were for starting a church. I I Googled Casa Grande and contacted the city and found out what I needed to do according to their laws as a city in order to start a church. I looked at church planting manuals to make sure we had everything lined up and everything I had to uh, apply with the Arizona Corporation Commission. So we're actually logged and we have to do that every single year in December, resubmit to the Arizona Corporation Commission crazy you want to know why I did that because I wanted to know that I was right and okay that's what it means when it says seek ye first God am I right search me O God David said and know my heart try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way within me and then lead me into a way that's everlasting Psalm 139 seek him seek him if he is going to be your Lord, number two, you must submit to him. Okay, God. Okay. Okay. You're, you're in charge. You know what a comforting thing is? I don't care if you're a boss or a parent or, or even in political authority. You know what is so comforting? It's when you say, here's the rule, and those under you say, okay. You're like, wow, that was way too easy. You ever done that with your child? You're like, hey, go do this. You're like, sure. You're like, mm, was that a sure, sure? Or is there some other motive up your sleeve? You know what I mean? Because it's not like mankind to go, okay, I got it. I'll do it. I'm happy to do it. Or even I'll do it and I'm not happy to do it, but I'll do it. That is uncommon for men to, to do that for humanity. Because we, we're just made to go our own way, the Bible says. But the word of God is clear that if I'm going to let him be Lord, I must submit myself underneath his authority and leading. And then three, serve him. Serve him. Give yourself to do his bidding when he calls. I mentioned this last week, and in our culture, we have to be careful with how we discuss this topic But it is this idea of God being Lord, the the, the Greek word for Lord is the same definition that we get for a slave. And in our culture, that's that's a hard word. But the truth be known, if God is really Lord, then I no longer have rights to myself and I turn myself completely over to him. God, I will serve you. Paul called it a bond slave. I love the phrase bond slave because bond slave gave the idea of my slavery term by law is up, but I give myself back to you with the same terms, willfully. I love that. God, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. I want to serve you. Since your Lord, I'm going to serve you. You. Hey, I call him Lord. You call him Lord. Is he? Is he really? I mean, he is Lord, but is he the Lord of our lives? Does he have charge? Can he lead and guide? Do we seek and submit and serve him today? He is Lord. You say, Pastor Ray, I don't know if I really do that. Well, here's my encouragement to you. Get out the manual. Get out the word of God and learn of him. Get out the book and seek him and serve him. He loves you. He gave. This Lord did not come to rule you with an iron fist without first setting the example of service to you. Isn't that amazing? serve him. Father, we love you today. We thank you for the time we've had together this morning.
0: We want to thank you for joining us on the NLBC podcast today. We hope that God will allow this message to truly make a difference in your life. As you learn more about him and as you study his word, we pray that it will cause you to live out the gospel in a whole new way. Again, if you would like to connect with us, feel free to reach out by visiting our website at newlifecasagrande.com. If you are local to the Casa Grande area, then we would love to have you join us in person. We have services at 8.30 and 11 a.m. each Sunday morning with a host of other opportunities to develop a godly community to learn and to grow. We'll see you next week on the New Life Baptist Church podcast.